Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Hi, fam. I think it's amazing that that what um, Aaron was singing right there about the deliverer, because that's who he wants to be today. That's the message. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, Yeshua, which is Jesus' name, means deliverer and restorer. It means rescuer. So why do you think you need that? Jesus is saying, I'm in the house as deliverer, rescuer and restore. Why do you need that? Do you know why you need that? Anybody? Raise your hand if you do. Oh, good, because I was wondering if you knew, so that helps. (laughs) That helps. Well, you know, in your perfect creation of a man, even before the perfect creation of man, God was creating. And there's nothing that has been created that hasn't been created or made by him. That includes... The angelic realm is a creation, and in the uh, created realm of the angelic realm, then Lucifer, or Satan, was, we've talked about this before, an archangel. He was angel. He was created by God. But when he crossed a boundary, keep that in mind today, when he overstepped into trying to be God. Then God said, no, you are out of position in your creation. And so, you know, salvation isn't for the angelic realm. It's for you. And so when he crossed that boundary, acting like he could compete with God, rival God or overthrow God then God put him in his place I think it went like this I think that's what he did right there it wasn't like a big huge fight or nothing it's just it and so he tumbled on down on down on down and we know this because that's what Jesus says in Luke 10, isn't it? Yeah. And so also says that in Ezekiel, if you want to read more about it. But that's really good to know because we have to get things in perspective because in this culture where they're trying to modernize the occult and witchcraft uh, and the demonic and satanic worship, where they're trying to make that a thing, then we have to um, make sure that we have an accurate viewpoint in our ministry 
And so that's why that introduction is important. There's no rival there. There's no contest there. And so, you know, in that, I want to talk today about, you know, deliverance, because once Teresa said we're going to move more in deliverance, then that kicks some things in gear, doesn't it? And so, you know, one thing that kind of concerns me is like what the church's mindset of deliverance is. Because I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by deliverance. That's the introduction we just had. You know, we can be intimidated by deliverance or by the demonic or by that sort of activity, but it is a lesser thing. And so I want to prepare us to not be intimidated and to be empowered. And so that's my goal. So, you know, as I'm speaking today, I kind of am sure that as you hear something that I might say, um, it might be a good opportunity if there's anything that um, gets quickened to you or, you know, resonates with you or something like that. You have to keep in mind that Spiritual things happen on a legal plane. And that's why it's not scary. The enemy can't do anything he wants to to me. Because I am one with Christ. And so legally, Christ already made me pure and holy. And so he already paid my debt. So then, therefore, there's, there's nothing, you know, that can just come my way except without my permission. And so I want to make you wise. I want to make you wise today. I want to make you wise and what to accept and what not to accept. So in that, the only reason I say that is because the demonic or the spiritual realm works on legalities. And so the demonic works on legalities as well. If you make a vow somewhere about something, that's like you wrote it down, okay, I have permission there. If you... Uh, if he throws or launches a viewpoint your way or a mindset your way and you adopt that, then legally there's a place there. And so I'm, we just want to do some cleanup. Got my snapper out today. Moo, did you bring your snapper today, Moo? Moo's got her snapper. She Was it this year they said that over you or last year? It's still good. She's, you'll never lose it. You'll never lose it. She's got the anointed snapper. And so, you know, I've had, I'm sure we've all had some experiences, you know, in the introduction because in this life we are experiencing both realms, the activity of both realms. 
And I remember as a little girl, little, 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 probably maybe five or so, we had a donut shop on 23rd Street, and it was Dennis the Donuts. And it was really cute because the sign, the elephant, his trunk, made a little circle like this, and there was a donut in his little mouth. Did you did you ever go to that donut shop? No. So anyway, uh, we had a little donut shop, and I remember that there was a lot of fear around my life just because of some of the family stuff we had. And he reminded me this of today. I, I went out one evening from the shop to run out and get something from the car. And when I did, and I was coming back into the shop, I looked behind me, and there was like a demonic animal chasing me. And so I looked like Forrest Gump. You know, I was running hard. You know, running and, you know, just, and you, your heart just beating about to beat out of your chest. I mean, like, gosh, that was, that was scary for a little girl. And so I was, I mean, I ran as hard as I could, got in the shop, you know. I guess it wasn't a sweet demon because he didn't come in there. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I had that experience. <laughs> And, you know, that was fear, right? So I don't know what I know now. And so then I was remembering another experience that I had in college when I got born again. And these friends of mine, they were, they were trying some things. And there was this little kid on campus that was um, tormented by demons. And so they invited him over to their little apartment one day and they were they were going to help the guy get free. And so that's what deliverance really is. Helping people get free. And so you might want to attach to that definition. I love deliverance because Jesus loves deliverance. Because deliverance is freeing people. And so they brought him over to um, help him find some freedom. But. There were some crazy things. I don't want to say them out loud because we got kids in here. But there were some odd things that happened. And me just being new walking in the door, not knowing my authority or my position in Christ, I watched a scenario that went down. And when the kid ran out, it left an impression on me because um, they weren't positioned well to do what they were wanting to do. And so it left an impression of these events that I was under and that the demonic was bigger than I was. And so that, that took me some years. You know, you can live in fear. You know, if you're thinking um, you're at risk, if you want to say it that way, if you're uh, under or you're smaller or, you know, you can just, if, if you're going to be overcome, you know, that can be fearful. And I don't know what was going on in our family, but we had a lot of fear or something because when I was real little, we had so much fear, um, especially from my dad, coming from my dad's side, that I went into a fear shutdown and did a freeze for three days just froze and couldn't move. And they had doctors try to come over to our house and help me and all kinds of stuff. And so it was like there wasn't a safety to teach me who God was so then I could um, defeat 
who God had already defeated. And so in my relationship with God over the years, um, he has really helped me. So now I have the demonic on the run. So we flipped the tables there a little bit. And so that's a good place to be. And it really comes from a healthy understanding of what they sing today. You'll get your butt kicked if you make it between you and him. But if you make it about Jesus in him, it's no contest. You know, I tell the prayer team this, but I heard a story about um, this guy doing deliverance and the demonic on the guy had a pretty good stronghold and the the demon said to the facilitator, he said, you didn't fast, so I'm not coming out. And the facilitator said, I'll come at you in the name of Jesus' fast. Command you out in Jesus' name, he came out. So you see the difference? I only tell that story because do you see the difference? When you try to bring you in a one-on-one combat, then, you know, you don't want to do that. But when you want to come in the name of the Lord, the deliverer like Aaron was singing, I'm coming as a representative in the name of the Lord who has already defeated that. And so now I say go then it's a different result. Don't we wish we'd known that in college? You know? But, you know, it's okay to practice. You just don't want to you don't want to keep those um, mindsets that you might have adopted. And so I don't even know if that's anybody here or not, but if we're going to move in deliverance, we want to have a healthy Jesus mindset about it. You know, how does he feel about people being tormented? taken advantage of, you know, inspired to do demonic things that break them down. How do you he, how do you think he feels about that? You know, Jesus was not embarrassed by deliverance. And see, that's one thing that I want to tear down today. You know, I don't like that we want to maybe do a deliverance and we want to try to grab the person and take them in a little room and stuff them in a room somewhere and try to work it out. I think that's for uh, the protection of our reputation. I kind of do. But Jesus didn't. He publicly, everywhere he went, schooled the demonic on who had authority. I mean, I know sometimes we set things up like we go in the little room and we'll do something because we've got five different things going on. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not being embarrassed by deliverance. See, when we get all these little things in that way, then when we're standing at a moment that he wants to do something, we've got all these crazy filters where we think it's got to look away and it's just like, isn't that, I mean, that's really robbing God of a display of who he is of demonstrating his glory somewhere. 
That was kind of my soapbox, so I'll get off of that, but just wanted to throw that out there. So hopefully right now you're changing your mind. You know, when I was thinking about uh, the demonic, that is every believer's assignment in the Great Commission. Preach the word, heal the sick, cast out demons, you know, heal the blind, raise the dead. It's every believer's assignment. And it's because that you have the power he has. It's sort of like... um, I'm not saying that everybody wants to have maybe their own deliverance ministry. It's kind of like not everybody's a prophet, but all believers prophesy. It's not maybe that every person has a seer gift and sees real deeply into things, but everybody does have the ability to speak in speak in you know, tongues and know the Holy Spirit. Just saying, don't, I'm trying to get some layers off of you basically. Because there is, because we've been, um, let me just give you my viewpoint. It's not, it's not the Biblio, but it's the Pamlio. Um, the Pamlio version is, uh, in America, my America, I feel like we have made it so about materialism, which really means we've made it about comfort, that we have lost our power because we made it about comfort and materialism instead of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And because we've done that, then the occultic and the satanic and all that has arisen because we have a mindset that really only the demonic functions in a third world country. I mean, we went to Haiti Was there some demonic voodoo in Haiti? I loved it over there. It really revved me up. I had a great time over there, you know. I feel like I prayed in my sleep. It was so fun. But it was fun because, I mean, it was wild. They'd be doing some hollering and all kinds of demonic screaming and getting their dogs all riled up to try to keep you up all night and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it was wild over there. But the fun thing is that I got to be a part of a lot of deliverances too. And so I don't want to be in a country or a space or a place for any matter and be so intimidated by them trying to do some sort of display. They got to act big because they're the loser, the first loser. You know, and so they'll do a big show and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's fun. I mean, it's so fun to be able to go in the name of the Lord and set somebody free and see them come back to their right selves. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's amazing to see. But I think in America, you know, we've been doing this thing that we've made it so much about that what life is about is, you know, materialism and all, all of these things that we really forgot to make it what it, life is really about. And so I would like for us to change our mind that it's the kindness of the Lord, it's the mercy of the Lord to show up and deliver and save and heal. And so maybe you could change your mind today and say, I don't have to be afraid because that whenever I go, when I'm submitted to him, 
and my life is submitted to him, then his authority is my authority. Then when I go, we go together. I never go into a social session or anything by myself. I refuse to do it. You know, you, you just don't want to go by yourself, but he goes with you. And so why don't we just say, you know, we want to be a part of what's on your heart. You know, right now in America, because we've had this one mindset and we haven't, we've been a sleeping giant again, then all of this, like abortion, you know, we finally woke up on that, didn't we? This other sleeping giant, you know, has kind of grown up. It's like an overgrown weed. You can't miss it. It's like, is that Jackie the Beanstalk? Is it tall? You know, did it grow overnight? Well, it's been growing. But it's it's something because it's we've let it grow that we want to now that we're awake we're like oh that don't belong here no 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 that does not belong here and so we want to uproot that don't you I knew I could count on you so don't be afraid oh boy I've got like five days worth of stuff here but let's see. We're just going to do a little bit today. Maybe we could do some more later. Oh, yeah, I like this. Um, this is the believer's authority in Jesus' victory, okay? Are y'all nervous or anything? Okay, just check. You know, one thing, let me just say this. In deliverance, you know, sometimes depending on the stronghold that there will be a, a big manifestation and then sometimes you, you can hardly tell, you know, depending. And so, you know, don't be intimidated by manifestations. That's just really nervous. You know how when people are off and they're feeling insecure and they try to get real big to back you off? It's kind of, it's kind of that. In their insecurity, I try to get real big and so, I'm, you know, I'm trying to back you off. But see, that's all they're doing. Because when Jesus said you will cast out demons, then you will. And so you, you might run into, you don't want to be intimidated. You know, Jesus wasn't. I think I talked to the prayer team about that. You know, whenever the dad brought the little boy that had uh, the demon in him, and it was thrashing him around, throwing him on the ground, trying to throw him in the fire, trying to drown him, all kinds of stuff. He comes up to Jesus, and he's thrashing around doing all that. Jesus is standing there looking at him. He says, how long has he been this way? You know what I mean? So he's just he's just looking at, you know, maybe just assessing the situation instead of being intimidated. Like, oh, gosh. All right, I better roll up my sleeves. It's going to be a good one right here. Whew. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It, you know, that's not that he's not doing that. He's already defeated before he walks up because he knows the love of the Father and that the passion of the Father. They wants freedom. So on this scripture, I love this scripture. Keep this in mind. Luke ten nineteen, the believer's authority in Jesus's victory. This is when Jesus sent his people out. And see, we do this on Friday nights, which is fun, isn't it? When he sent them out, and then they came back, and they're like, whoa, wow, really worked. It happened. 
When we went out and did what you said, this is the Great Commission, we went out and did what you said, demons obeyed us. They were shocked by that. I think they were surprised. They would not have had that response when they came back if they weren't a little surprised. Wow. We told demons what to do in your name, and they did. So really, the ministry of deliverance is more about freedom than it is focusing on the demonic, isn't it? We, we tend to make it about the demonic and make it real big. Well, it's not even about the demonic. It's about freedom. And so then he, you know, how long has he been doing that? Blah, 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 told him. And then he just cast it out. But I'm just saying, you know, you can expect all kinds of things, but, you know, don't, don't panic. Don't act like you got to work harder. You know, really, it's, it's our belief that is our resolve more than it is our personal power to try to practice enforcing the word. Like if he says cast out demons, like who's supposed to cast out? Well, here's one right here. That's like go, you know that. You know demons know. Isn't that what the seven sons of Sceva story is about? They know who's connected intimately to God, and those who know God's ability to do something. And so whenever you are connected to him in your relationship and you have a healthy mindset of how powerful he is and how he wants to free, you are tied to that and that's what you're going with instead of trying to just do a formula. I tried to do a formula before sometimes. That's how I learn. Don't do the formula. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't do the just your formula. Don't just give the best you away. That's not enough. Give the Holy Spirit away. Give the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name away. Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. He's just describing that the prince of the power of the air functions in um, running around trying to do things, but God's, he just described, he's just describing activity. I saw you doing this, and when you did this, then I saw Satan fall down. Topple to the ground. Now, you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you. How many? Every demon before you and overcome every, how many? Every power Satan possesses. So see, that's when it's really fun. When you know you're God. Those who know God will do great exploits. Isn't that what it says? Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits obey you, 
but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and you belong to me and my kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. So where'd you get that? He gave it to you. He wanted you to have it. He said, you're mine. When you're mine, this is what we do. This is what it looks like. And so, you know, I kind of just briefly want to run through some things. Will you let me run through some things? I got a lot. Can y'all handle it? Just say, I'm a sponge. I can soak up a lot today. This is amazing. I love it. I feel empowered already. Show me a demon. <laughs> just, I'll try to see who would do that last part or not. We might need more introduction if, we, if you didn't. Okay. Um, are you aware that there's a spiritual war? Are you? Do you get it? Because sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And we've been talking about this prayer class in Ephesians 6 when he says that there's a war going on. He didn't say, would you like to participate in this war? Or would you like to set this one out? No. Is it you're in the war? You can decide if you want to be a casualty and a victim or if you want to be a victor. The war's going on, so why don't we just get good at it? You know, when it, when you look at the definition of fight or get engaged in like a war or something, it really it one of the definitions is ability. Have you ever heard that before? To fight means that you have ability in the conflict. Your ability is the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus and your covering. And so there is a war going on, so you get to decide what you experience. I mean, I know I'm, I'm talking to some people that are like, mm -hmm, I'm going, I'm all about it. I'm talking to some people who are like, yeah, I know it is, but it seems like a lot of work. I don't know. I'd have to do something. I think it's all right. I'm okay where I am. I know I get, well, we're all over that spectrum. But just be forewarned, you're in the war and you're going to experience it. You just get to decide how it rolls. Yes. <clears throat> Ephesians 6. Can I just read this to you? Can I read it kind of fast? Just so I can absorb it. 6, 10 through 20. My beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for the very last. You have supernaturally been infused with strength through your connection with the Lord Jesus. There's your power. That's what I was talking about. When the guy is facilitating something, then he says, you didn't fast. He says, oh, I'm infused with this power right here. Go. That you want, you really want to keep growing in your understanding of how powerful it is to have said yes to Jesus. You really want to grow in that. Be infused with strength through your life union. Stand, okay, here we go, victorious with the force or the weapons of his power that flow through you. So in your union, does Jesus have power and weapons and he's ridiculous? Is he ridiculous? 
Is Jesus ridiculous? So he's so ridiculous, isn't he? And so he is just full of power and and all you have to do is it's like it's like one of those Marvel movies and you latch hold of it and you get lit up, you know, too, because you latched a hold of it and you get lit up too. You're in that constant union and you're going to have to think in those terms. Doesn't matter if I feel like it or not, you are connected to the power source. And the enemy would love to intimidate you with lies, and so you never step out to see what you got. I mean, Desert Girls practice this, and it's so fun, isn't it? Don't you love to be in one of those moments like, I don't know what to do right here. What do I do? What do I do? Okay, here's what we do. Here we go. You know, and he just does fun stuff. Stand victorious with your weapons of this power. So you're already going to be victorious. It's flowing through you. Now, here we go. This makes the difference. Are you dressed? This is a belief system. You know, if we could make this a belief system, this is how I went from being scared at the dentist known as parking lot shop to where I am now, and I'm going to keep going. But the difference is really this right here. It's an understanding. It's just so simple. It's just an understanding. This is what Jesus did. This is what he said he did. This is what I have. It's real simple. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for you. So you're going to stand victorious because he's already given you the armor. So that you will be protected. See, he's really good in me. As you fight against the evil strategies of the devil. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realm. I'm going to stop right there. i got some commentary. Um, okay, here's a biggie for us. we got to, we got to do this different. Whenever we make it about people, you're missing it. I mean, it's so hard to get, but it's so true. Whenever we make it about people, we're missing it. Because people are either being influenced by the demonic activity that is in this worldly realm of culture, and they're being influenced or puppeted around. And then whenever you get offended at that, then you don't lose your you don't use your power and you don't help them. And so then the thing that you're frustrated about, that you're experiencing this with this person, you've made them a captive. You've strengthened their captivity. It's the same thing that's going on in this nation. They're trying to make it about Democrats and Republicans and liberals and conservatives and all all of this. And it's not even about that. This is a spiritual war. There's spiritual demonic activity that is trying to divide, and as it divides, that's it'll tear a country down because a house divided cannot stand. You can't have infighting in your house stand. And so it's that thing. Remember a while back when Christy said that story about Joshua going into the promised land and the angel appeared, and, and Joshua said, are you with us or for our enemy? And he said, neither. 
He went, huh? That's what we do. Wait, what? I thought we were right in our stance right here and how we were seeing. I knew you were going to say you were with us. But when you say neither, what does that mean right there? It means I'm with God representing God. What is God wanting to do? So it's, it's very hard. But do not fight with people. Get on your knees and pray. Pray about it. Because your voice, he hearkens to your voice and he's moved by your voice. You're going to get in a trap and it's going to be frustrating. This happens in marriages a lot. You, you know, I remember uh, Joyce Meyer and Dave. Remember what a mess Joyce was when they first got together? They were, he, she was such a mess, you know. And here was little sweet Dave, little sweet, little phlegmatic, dealing with the mess, you know. And I can't imagine how hard that would be. I mean, there would be a lot of stuff in the house going on. And I remember him saying that he would go and drive out to the airport and just sit in his car and just weep and weep and pray 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 over her. That was his strategy. And then go home and live to be the godly man before God. Be consistent. And now look at her. You know, that's a, that's a really good example, isn't it? We, we fight the wrong fight. You are fighting a spiritual battle, whether it's at work, Jackie, you got all that going on. Whether, if you see infighting, that's a demonic spirit. If you see strife, there's a demonic influence going on there. Because God's a spirit of unity and power in a sound mind. But so don't don't fight with just your human tools. Uh, he is tearing down the highest principalities and authorities that are in rebellion. What are they rebelling against? God. Well, that's a tough gig, isn't it? It's just, it's just, you know, it's kind of like getting assigned to the losing team, isn't it? Have you ever, have you ever been competitive, you know, and then you got assigned to this real wimpy team? You're like, Pfft. you know, I'm just going to resign. Ahead of time, so I won't be mad. We're just probably going to lose. You know, that's that's how it is. It's just the losing team. So, you know, rebellion against God. And so, you know, in the satanic handbook, one of the very first things that they do to confess whenever they choose Satanism is, I swear I will be in rebellion. And so, if you're, you know, that participation with rebellion is because there's not submission to the true God. And it happens in all kinds of degrees. I mean, that's the extreme over here. But where are we with complete submission to God? And not partnering with any spirit of rebellion that's not doing it God's way. 
you know, because when God said that to Lucifer that you crossed a boundary there, see, his boundaries are so healthy because they keep me, I feel, I feel, it reminds me of that video, I feel, uh, whenever I am under, submitted under him, really fully submitted under him, looking to him, loving on him, choosing to step in his ways, staying within those parameters, those boundaries, I'm keeping myself in love. Yeah. His boundaries are to keep you in love and to keep you in power and authority. Rebellion, the enemy wants you to think that these it's this perfection that he keeps you in. You know, he Jesus is Jesus the victorious because the enemy has nothing in him. If the enemy had something in Jesus, Jesus wouldn't be Jesus the victorious because there would be something that the enemy could exploit. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to invite you to come over with him to be Tessa the victorious, to be Lenny the victorious, you know, to be Nate the victorious. And so any place that we bring us under who he is, you are the only Lord God. There's just one like we sang. Whew, that was so good. Y'all did. Mm, thank you for that. There's just one. There's just one. See how much that chops off? When you say there's just one for me. And then all of his things he is telling you is because he's keeping you in his safety and his power. So if you act like there's too many rules and you just do not get it, you are, you, you don't get it. You're think the enemy loves that lie that if I get within the confines of what he's laid out for me, where there's protection, there's everything there. If I get within that, he's saying, well, that's boring. Or, you know, you're missing out or, you're letting somebody control you, tell you what to do. And all he's trying to do is he's trying to lure you out. Come on. Come out of that hiding place where I can't get you. Come out of the hiding place. Hey, just be disobedient right here and be rebellious right here and come out of that hiding place. He's trying to lure you out of the hiding place. Then what Psalm 91 says, when you abide under the wing of the Almighty, you're kept in the shelter of his wing. So obedience is powerful. It's powerful. Mm, so powerful. So here's these this demonic realm doing all their stuff, but then there's the, the safe place with the boundaries that God set for us. Um, God provides you and you're protected. Here's what you need to wear. Put on truth to strengthen you, to stand in triumph. That's a huge one. Do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk fast because, you know, I want to get a lot in. You know when um, Joshua's name was salvation, really, and he was taking the people over to the promised land. 
And when he was taking the people over to the promised land, there were all of the ites. Remember Gergesites, Parisites, Hittites, all of those uh, people groups that were there. And the people groups um, were what they had to defeat to live in the promise. It's really your mind. You know, you are the territorial owner of you. And you have to be a good, do a good job of defending your territory. If you are not defending your territory, I bet you are getting a butt whipping pretty consistently, <laughs> you know, or some torment or, you know, it is, it's just, you're, you know, you're in charge of guarding your territory. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. You're responsible for that. So in that, I'm just saying that truth is really important. And when Joshua went to take them over, they had to kick out something in order to apprehend it and live in it and get the promise, the fruits of the promise. And so this is a biggie, 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 biggie. This is a biggie. It's a big, this is a biggie. Right here is a biggie. You ready? It's a biggie. Um, in the art of war, you know, that book, the art of war which talks, talks about war strategies. There's three things that he says happen in life. And you're in one of these categories. I'm going to read them to you. You figure out where you are. Okay. Currently. We don't have to stay there, but we're growing. We're gaining some momentum. Okay. So, in the art of war, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. I know who I am, what I've come here to do. If you know yourself, but you do not know the enemy. For every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you don't neither, the enemy or yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Just some more strategies. You know, the, the first one that I was talking about in Ephesians 6 is really the spiritual battle that's raging all around. But what I'm talking about with Joshua is we have to look at the war within. What, what are your th thoughts? What are your beliefs? What are you choosing? What are your desires? What are your, you know, what are you giving yourself to? All of those things. There's a war without that's trying to influence, and there's also a war within. So he's talking about we do well when we know both. The enemy likes to do this, and some, you know, tendencies might be for this, but I have girded myself up in truth, and so I'm wise. So keeping in mind this, I'm talking about the mind. So when Joshua wanted to go over to the promised land, you have got to 
practice 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down every imagination or every high and lofty thing that tries to get above who God is. We have them all the time. If you are not practicing that, you're probably a casualty. I just had it back there worshiping. A little thought coming there. I almost, I almost just said, mm-hmm. I, no. I said, mm, I went back and got that. No. And I started pushing into who you say you are. Jesus, you are this, and you are this right here. And so it's this real subtle. I'll try to get you in, and I'll try to, you know, in your mind. It happens, I mean, all the time, million times a day. It's, it's your mind. You know, I love in, in that um bringing the children out. Moses's name was to draw my people out of captivity. And then Joshua says, I'm going to bring you in. So he wants to have this complete process with you. But in order for you to really possess what is yours, you're going to have to do 2 Corinthians 10, 5. You're going to have to know truth. That's what Jesus warred with, right? Don't you love truth? I love truth so much that he pretty much talks to me. We have conversations in scripture. That's just my thing. You know, yours might be a song or something else, you know, but that's just my thing. He just, I mean, we have conversations in scripture. And so I love truth because whenever I hear truth and I bring myself over to truth, I can feel how it positions me. I can feel it. But just like I'm standing back there in worship, and here comes a, he lobs in this little thought. It was about a health thing, you know. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, no. No. You know, it's it's the, you got to get the Jesus pulled into that. You got to get the victory. And so in your mind, think about this. The Hittites are the um, enemy they had to fight that was the enemy of fear trying to stop the promise, bringing phobias and terror and intimidation. You ever have that? That's something you're going to have to defeat in your promised land. Gorigisites is a wandering, intimidating spirit. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. See how this pulls you off of the powerful position of you being God's son or daughter? This is a spirit. These are spirits that attack your thinking to steal your promises. A wa- I'm a wanderer. I don't really fit in anywhere. I don't have a place to connect. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. Feelings of never fitting in. Feelings of not belonging. Outside connection coming from a root of offense. You know. It's just that Be careful with that one. Amorites, negative thoughts. Evil speaking can be thoughts planted from the enemy. When you listen to these, you act like they're your own instead of speaking against them. See, I just had that. I just had that. See, that's, he, he loves to lure you out of the secret place so he can come over here and take advantage. I mean, it's such a big deal if you know truth. I love a belt. I hardly go a day without a belt. I got a belt on right now. 
It's kind of a little leopard print right here in the front. It pleases me when I see it. It's real cute. It's got a little leopard, and it's black. It's kind of wide. It's not real skinny like those ones I used to wear when they were real little bitty, you know, and you couldn't hardly tell that they were working because they were about, you know, this wide. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty hardy belt. I mean, you know, it fills up my belt loop pretty good. I don't think I can really get a bigger belt on there. Is that prophetic? I don't know. Um, I think it is. But I really like it. I mean, I can do all kinds of stuff. You know, I'm not concerned. You know, I it, it's this security. I got it. I got this security. I love. I mean, seriously, I'm telling you, I hardly go without a belt. I love the belt. You got to love the belt, people. We got to love the belt. Got to love the belt. It's that truth. It protects you. It girds you. It keeps him from robbing from you. I'm telling you, you have got to be a defender of your territory. You cannot be. You will. I've never seen a passive person victorious. I've never seen a passive person have anything worth anything good. Like you have to build. You build on purpose. I build right minded. I build my connection with you. I build truth in my life. You got to start building because I'm telling it's powerful. If you if you have that truth, it's your defender. I can, it could be my defender. I could take it off. And I could you with it? I could. I would use my my leopard part with the buckle on it, but it could it's your defender. So I'm just saying one of the major ways the enemy will come and try to get an influence to pull you away is your thinking. If you're going to inherit your promised land, you're going to have to love the belt of truth. You're going to have to love the belt of truth. You've got to love the belt of truth. I love the belt of truth. Mm. Negative thoughts and evil speaking. These are thoughts planted by the enemy. If you listen to these and act like they're your own, instead of speaking to them, then you'll be captive. You get that? Get it? Get it? Got it? Good. Persia sites. I'm not saying this right, but I don't care. Feeling unprotected. <laughs> That's not the point. Their names are not the point, is it? I mean, don't even correct me because I don't care. Um, feeling unprotected. <laughs> feeling unprotected. Feeling unsafe. Lack of discipline. Whoop, whoop. Lack of self-control. It don't matter. It's okay. Nothing matters. A little here, a little there. That don't matter. No, just again, just, yeah, just don't take communion again today. Oh, no. Don't worship again today. Oh, no. Don't think about the word again. No. That is a spirit trying to influence you to rob the fruit that you are intended to experience in the promised land. Nobody can do this for you but you. Um, another one, Hivitites, limited vision. You settle below what God has promised. I think we call that the poverty spirit around here probably. Limited vision, settle below what God's promised. You lose your vision and you lose sight of your purpose. Man, don't you see it? When people get lethargic and apathetic and just start to dull down and they can't see the excitement 
that while being the the child of God and what it does and while in the Holy Spirit, let's let's activate that activate these gifts and these fruits and and let's ah it's such a fun journey. But you know what he does, he tries to that that spirit tries to influence and lure to kind of dummy you down and put you to sleep. He's really trying to steal your promise. Jebusites, these are uh, thoughts that will come to you, the enemy will give you of entitlement. Because I did a little something responsible, but now I get to be irresponsible. I get to eat 400 cheeseburgers and just lay around, not help anybody, just disengage, just click on the TV remote. You know, it's, it is that entitlement where it turns, it tries to get you to think about what is should everybody doing for me instead of what can I do with the power that I carry and the impact that I possess. And it really connects to purpose. My impact is my purpose. And entitlement says, I don't care about impact today. I want that comfort and coddling. Please give me this. <laughs> I looked down, that's what I saw. <laughs> oh. So if these thoughts start speaking to you, you have got to speak directly to them with your authority. You've got to start speaking to them. Don't own them. Don't agree with them. Speak to them. You have so much authority Man, you're ridiculous like your father. You've got so much authority. I do. I mean, I, I know I do. If I feel it and, I can, and I'll just say it, you know, you can feel. You can feel it. And so that's how you know it's a spirit trying to come in and affect your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.3, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage this campaign of war using human weapons or using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. It was rebellion, remember. Opposes God. And break through every argument and arrogant attitude. We can break through every argumentative and arrogant attitude if we come down and we submit under to him and we say, show me truth. And that keeps you out of the enemy's, I start saying claw. Then I was trying to decide Paul or claw. Paul claw. It keeps you out of the enemy's Paul claw. Yeah, keeps you out of his paw claw. Just saying. Don't get in there. We capture. Don't get in there. Don't do it. Don't do it. We are breaking through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. You know, God is so loving. Oh, my gosh. You know, he knows our humanity and he loves it. I just have to love it enough to know when I'm in my humanity, not in the spirit, to submit my humanity to his spirit. Hey, this is how I'm feeling right here. I don't want to feel this way. Holy Spirit, would you come?
I mean, he is your best friend. Holy Spirit is your helper and your best friend. He is your constant companion for a reason. Because he's trying to rescue you. He will keep you. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, I am the spirit of truth, and I will lead you into all truth. And so if you're willing to look, he'll lead. And so I like to try to practice all the time if I'm having a thought or something. I like to practice all the time. Holy Spirit, what do you say about that? What are you thinking? You know, it happens all kinds of the activity. Of the Holy Spirit is always moving. Just like back there, I wasn't trying to defend myself. He just helped me say, oh, oh you might want to look at that one. Don't let go. Don't let go. I mean, he is helping me. He is helping me keep me. And I just have to agree. Oh, yeah, I'm going, to just, I'm going to go back to pulling on the strength of this belief system right here, what's true. Don't have those arrogant attitudes. We capture like a prisoner of war every thought, every thought, every. Have you noticed how absolute he is? Every, 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 every. You know what First Peter says? Don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him a little bit of toehold. I mean, you get so good at this. If you're just starting practicing this and strengthening this in your life, the Holy Spirit loves to help you. Loves to help you. He will help you. So just be looking for that and, and just keep practicing. Okay, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling afraid. But he said, fear not. I'm not, you know, okay, fear go. Holy Spirit come. I just, I just thank you that you're moving in this place. Whatever it is. Just practice with it. He will help you. He wants you to be good at it. We capture every thought and insist. You insist that it bow. Can you kind of see that? Like, like if there, just see like it was two people. Just act like there were two people. And one of them was trying to dominate you in a way that you didn't want. And you said, I'm going to insist that you bow. Would that be like, could you pretty, pretty, please? Be nice to me. What would it look like for you to insist that they bow? What would that look like? And it's like that authority is you got to bow because that is not God's way and I am adamant to do the God way. You, it's what Jesus did to Peter. Oh, Jesus, don't go to the cross. We don't want to die. No, Jesus, let's do another plan, okay? Let's do a pretty plan. Let's do a, let's do a pretty plan, Jesus. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are not mindful. My, you do not have a mind full of the things of God. You are my, Your mind is full of your personal comfort. We want a mind full of what is your way? What are you doing? I love you. I love to be yours. I love to be covered by you. I love to be loved by you. I love to be provided by you. I'm looking for you everywhere in my life. Insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. So what does that mean? If you make it bow to the anointed one, then what remains? The anointing. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, 
That was kind of hard to say, but I think I did pretty good. You wouldn't even known, would you? We stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion within yourself. See how much power we have? Hmm. As soon as you choose complete obedience. So, submission and obedience. Man, that's like, that's, that's the starting. Got to do it. Got to do it. That's what Aaron says. That is the starting place. Like wherever you are, start there. Start, there's only one God for me. I mean, start these declarations. There's only one God for me. There's only one person that I obey. There's only one thing that I love. There's only one thing that I desire. There's only one thing that I want to see. I mean, just keep practicing that. Keep practicing. If you start there with that submission under him, the fullness of him steps into who you are. Yes. Let me say that again. If you submit yourself to him, the fullness of who he is steps into who you currently are and it fills you up. That's transformation. Sub I submit. You know, I have some definitions of submit. Let me read that. I love him so much. Isn't he fun? Oh. Submit. To give over or yield to the power of another authority. You're not in charge. God, you're in charge. You're doing a good job of being God. Give. That is, you get to choose. That's that thing we talk about where you get, it's your territory, your life. You get to choose. Choose life, not death. If you choose this, just be aware that you got lured out from under that secret place. Just be aware. And it'll be a different battle. I'll, I'll help you when you cry out. It'll still be a different battle. You won't have to live there. You can live differently. And so be aware. So live submitted. To subject to an influence, another's influence. Man, that's my favorite. I'm going to pause on that. Think about the Holy Spirit influencing you. You know, it's so important what we give ourselves to because that's what influences us. And the, the problem with um, rebellion... And I'm saying that on purpose. Anything that we're not lined up with him about, not just wearing black and painting your fingernails black. I mean, our definitions are hilarious, aren't they? Rebellion, when you're not lining up or giving way to his influence. We act like submission so hard. It's like, oh, I, whew, I want your influence. And so... If he's saying that's influencing you, what happens is, let's see, where is that scripture? 2 Corinthians 2.11, I believe. It talks about, um, to whomever you obey, you become the slave of. And that's what happens. Like if you're in a place and the enemy is luring you, either with a thought 
or with a desire, with a passion or something like that, and you're not, haven't submitted that place to God to influence, and you're outside of that influence over here, then he become he becomes the influencer. Hey, why don't we just, since we can't sleep and we're stressed out and we're in fear because we haven't submitted to the Prince of Peace, let's just do some marijuana gummies. Let's just do, oh gosh, you know, a couple beers wouldn't be bad. I used to be a beer drinker, so that's why I picked that. A couple, you know, I know how I got there. I started here. And then I knew, you know, the enemy, when he when he lures you out of that safety of submission where the Holy Spirit is influencing you, he loves that because he likes to increase it. Oh, it might just be a little gummy. Oh, well, oh, just how about a couple of beers? Oh, how about, oh, you know, oh, it's just marijuana. That's legal. You know, oh, you know, it it, it gains influence. It's the same thing. I used to um, know uh, a couple I don't want to say, I almost said their names. I used to know a couple, and the husband was being influenced um, in a sexual area. So you know it had to start with a thought somewhere. Hey, why don't we, this marriage bed's boring. Why don't we, I wonder if that was the first thought. This marriage bed is boring. Why don't we try blank? You, you see where I'm at? Not submission. So here comes the lure, and that first thought, yeah, this is boring. Let's do blank, 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 and blank, blank, blank. And then the, the enemy keeps enticing and influencing once you give up that first ground of territory to the point where they invited some things into their marriage bedroom that really wrecked a lot of things. And at the end of the day, they were living in so much fear and torment because somebody was blackmailing them. Doesn't the enemy love that? See, sexual, I mean, you can talk about any area. Uh, drugs, you know, sexual areas. Anything that you don't submit under him. You know, show me the beauty of what this could look like would have been a much better prayer than, yeah, let's, let's, let's try this other thing, this other thing, this other thing, to where it was, it, was, it was very sad. It was a lot of, gosh, he was humiliated. It was not good. And so, you know, that's the way the enemy works. I mean, I can even see that in my life, you know, whenever I, a, a thought came in. Usually, you know, usually, I don't know that I'd say it's absolute, but it feels like it's absolute. I would say that the enemy generally brings the lure of a thought first, I would say. And then when he brings that thought, depending on what we do with it, determines his influence with it. And so, you know, like for me, I can see as I look back, you know, as a little girl and my dad and I having so much conflict and him being so angry and so mean and all of that, I can see that there was some thoughts there that I, I agreed with. 
And then I can see how things grew. That influence grew because I bought the lie. I mean, it led me to a whole bunch of drinking, a whole bunch of relationship things. I mean, you know, it just, it was not good. And then I woke up and I thought, oh, wow, how am I get way out here? You know. And so I'm just saying that, you know, it's powerful and important that you guard your mind and guard your heart. So we were talking about, you know, the enemy without and the enemy within. And so within you, you want to be paying attention to the thoughts and the desires. He will even, you know, demonic. Uh, spirits are not like multi-personalities. They generally have one specific personality. Like if it's a spirit of lust, then it's what it's it's hammering you with. If it's a spirit of accusation, that's what he's hammering you with. If it's a spirit of uh, entitlement or um, arrogance, that's what he's hammering you with. And so you can almost kind of identify where a lie comes in first, where you attach to it, and then what uh, entity begins to want to grow and increase in your life. And so it's a really big deal. I mean, God can help you anywhere in the process because the enemy's always a loser. But still, it's just like, what? how do you want to live? Most people that I talk to that are in satanic worship or occult worship, they are getting tormented. Ain't that crazy? It is. I mean, it's so interesting to me. The very thing that's tormenting them, they'd like to be free from, they won't get free because they are hanging on to this thing. You know, God is legal. I forgave you. What, what would it say about God if God said, I forgive you, but you don't have to forgive the next guy that hurt you? We're just going to make up a bunch of rules at that point, aren't we? There's, there's no standard, you know what I mean? It, it leads to, it's, it's saying that God is unjust and inconsistent, and he's not. And, you know, a lot of people get hung up on where this was really horrible. You know, where was God? God has to, there has to be free will of choice or there wouldn't be love. But the power in it is if somebody chooses poorly or if somebody succumbs to the influencer in a demonic way to cause hurt or harm, he can still trump that with healing and restoration. The enemy never gets one up on him. The enemy never gets Trump's gun. He can come in. I've seen it. I've seen a young man that I worked with that had some abuse, and he really struggled with a lot of things. And we, you know, did a little process there. Um, and we forgave and we released. And God, I saw it happening on him. The Holy Spirit came and washed over him Whew. with the blood of Jesus, completely cleansed him. 
And he restored purity, and I watched it happen. The enemy can't rob anything that God cannot fully restore or return. And so, you know, keep that in your pocket for yourself and for, you know, deliverance ministry that that is a legal right for the demonic to be there when there's unforgiveness. It's really important to forgive. Don't hold anything against anybody. Really, it, Matthew 18 says, forgive from your heart. You, you can start somewhere, I just choose to forgive. I just choose, I just choose, I just choose. And you begin to release it because, you know, God's the judge. It's that thing in the shack. How far back do you go? We don't just learn evil. We usually experience it and perpetuate it. So God wants to break that influence and turn that person around for wholeness. But whenever you maintain unforgiveness, you are the one that is keeping them in captivity and yourself in captivity. So I'm just saying, you know, for whatever it's worth, I know we already know this, but it's just a reminder. You really have to trust God with things. This happened to me. It's very painful. It's very hurtful. It makes me mad. It makes me angry. You got to pour all that out. Give that all to him. Let him decide what is going to need to happen with it. Let him be the judge. And then that will free you. And then you won't have that legal access that's open for the demonic to influence something in your life. Really, really good. Y'all doing okay? Okay. Here's a couple of thoughts. Trying to decide where I should go. Oh, yeah. Second Corinthians, this 2.11, I was going to read to you. If you freely forgive anyone for anything... There's the standard. And, you know, forgiveness can be hard. But we really have to give our pain, release it to him, and let him step in. And then we can forgive. Uh, if you freely forgive anyone for anything, then I will forgive. And if I have forgiven anything, I did so for you in the face of Christ. So that we would not, why did we forgive? So that we would not be exploited by the adversary so that Satan would not take advantage of us in our unforgiveness. So we know his clever schemes. And it really takes trust. Okay, God, I release this to you. You know, I really forgive and release that person. I invite you to do something in their life and I need you to step in and restore and heal. And sometimes that restoration, uh, we're really, if, if you want the full heart forgiveness, like it says in Matthew 18, forgive fully from your heart. If you want that, then you have to start praying for the person. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I've had some things said and experienced that made me mad. <laughs> This is this is the nitty this is real nitty gritty. 
you know, and then I would just choose to forgive. I, I forgive, I forgive, I just choose to forgive. And I would forgive. And then I would begin to pray, you know, really, God, they need freedom here. I would really begin to pray over them. And it fully released off of my heart and my life. And so, you know, we want to practice that because when we practice that, it clears that out of the way. It cuts off that legal access where the enemy would come in and try to influence you. And it positions you again to be into the fullness influenced by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about two different influences. Okay, I'm going to try to wrap it, okay? Let's see if I can find a landing place. Cleaning the house, your house, your house. What rooms have you not submitted to God? Let's say your life is a house. My life is a house. Um, let's say that I open the doors to my house and I say, Jesus, come in. I really love having you here, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, man, my house feels so good since you moved in here. What are the rooms of your house that you haven't submitted to him being Lord over? I would say you would probably find a place there where the enemy might have a legality to try to be influencing your life in some manner. And so just let's just say that. Let's just say Holy Spirit. I want to know if there's any room in my house that's not submitted to you that the enemy is taking advantage of. Show me any place I need to submit for safety and freedom. If you hear anything, just say, I declare, let's just all say it together. I declare the enemy can no longer have influence in this area, and I submit it to you, God. I invite you to come and be Lord in this area of my house. <clears throat> So before we go, I want to give you a few things to be aware of that's uh, the demonic trying to have influence um, that's not you that you want to war differently with. Not every thought is your own. Go ahead and say it. Say it again. Not every personality expression is mine. 
You know, you have to pay attention. Like, why am I so angry? You know, when, when I was even born again, but one time I had a lot of anger because um, there were some unhealed, deep unhealed things in me still, but I was still God's. I remember I went with a friend to a drive-up restaurant one time to order a hamburger. And I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> me and Honey Boo Boo, we do not like mayonnaise. And they put mayonnaise on my hamburger. And when they handed it to me, I had so much anger. That this is weird. I went into this weird Tourette's thing. <laughs> yeah. The poor little worker. I mean, this, and I, I mean, it was a rage that I blacked out from. I didn't even know. And when I came out of it, I was looking at the person that I was in the car with, and they were like, and so see, even though I knew him, I still had some areas of healing that I needed to submit so he could release where that anger was being stored. And so that's why I say, you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, demonic personalities generally are one-dimensional. You know, and so if it's like, if you're having sexual thoughts, then it, it you know, it might be that influence. If it's, you know, drug-related, if it's, you know, anger, you know, you have to pay attention to that. I was in and then I was out. Have you ever had that with somebody? It's like, oh, what happened right there? It's like, oh, it's like, you know, what do you call that? Or that hologram thing happens? Did the hologram blink right there or something? Because you were there and then you were there. And so, I mean, this is just good to know, isn't it? Sometimes when that happens, you know, it can't just be, I'm not calling everything a demon either. You know, some things maybe you just need to uh, submit your flesh to because you maybe you're arrogant or prideful or stubborn but there are other influence like I'm saying any place I'm not submitted to and his Holy Spirit isn't the greatest influence and I have a legal access door open here then you know that might be having another influence and so I remember um that I I wanted change so bad that I began, I just made a commitment to him that I was just going to go to my room and worship. And that was a real fun time. Everybody was golfing, going to movies, doing all kinds of stuff. Hey, you want to go to the movies? No. Hey, you want to go golfing? No. But I wanted it because I was hungry. I was like, oh, God, I, I don't have to live here. And I would go in my room and I would play worship music and I would worship him and I would worship him and I would worship him and I would just go on my knees. I want you. I want you. I need you. I need you. And I would say after about six months, I was in the middle of worship and I was on my knees. I'll never get to see the room. I'm going to see how I was kneeling and everything. I was there and I felt physically something, an entity lift off of my life. I, did, I didn't see its face. I don't know what its name was, but it was dark, and it had kind of a, a deep hold in there, even though I love God. But I wanted to be fully submitted. 
And as I kept submitting, 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 I mean, there's lots of ways, you know, we can help each other in that area, but I was bringing my heart of submission and surrender and something lifted off my life. I mean, it was dark. I never felt the same. He's just good that way. He's got a thousand ways to heal us, doesn't he? Examine yourself in the areas you need to repent and submit. Invite God in. Declare that the influence is over and I submit to God. Examine appetites that are not godly and put them under the influence of God. Freedom requires that we do not love evil more than Jesus. You know, if you want deliverance, sometimes we say, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, but I kind of like that. I want freedom, but I kind of I kind of like being a turd. I kind of like being a jerk. I kind of like being a control freak. You know, I kind of like it. Yeah, I would like to have freedom. You have got to want to fully relent and to submit and to let go to find that freedom. But if you will, then he will come and take residence there. He will take residence there. Oh, I love this scripture. I'm going to read the scripture, then we'll be done, okay? Look at all that we didn't get to. Oh, well. We did good, though, didn't we? We did good. Uh, Colossians 2.15, okay? We'll wrap with this. That's a really good chapter. You ought to read that, chapter 2. See if I want to start there or not. You got to read that chapter, okay? Because you love the belt of truth, right? I love the belt of truth. Read that Colossians 2. This is what Jesus did right here. Here's your victory. Okay? This, this is your victory. Jesus canceled every legal violation that we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood out to indict us. That was Jesus. He erased it all. Jared, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. So right now, in your mind, we're practicing, right? Right now, just draw a line of the past and just push it all out of the way. You're, you're in this new place under the new influence of him. It cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in the first Adam, our DNA of failure to be obedience, it has been placed on the cross 
and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. I like the way Jesus does things, don't you? And then I can do them down on the down low, just real little bitty or something, and write it down over in the corner. You know, he does his huge public display so everything can see it. Humanity, demonic, heavenly realm, all of creation sees him say canceled. Well, this is even more fun right here. Then Jesus, after he did that, I'm going legal access is what we're talking about. Sin is legal access. So Jesus said, I'm going to come. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to remove that access the enemy has from your life. I'm going to nail it to the cross and cancel it. So now there's no access. And then he says, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all. Of, we already read about the powers that were in force, right? In Ephesians 6 principalities powers then jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and the principalities and of darkness stripped away from them every weapon this sounds violent doesn't it so quit using that on my people stripped away all of every weapon all of their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around yes. as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his prisoners. That's what Jesus does to those powers and principalities that try to triumph over you. He triumphs over them. And he invites you into his triumph. That's good, isn't it? That's a good one. He says, this is what that means. He stripped the principalities and powers and he shamed them in the open. This implies between the day of his crucifixion and the day of his resurrection... While in the spirit realm, Jesus destroyed death, the powers of darkness, and every work of the enemy through the blood of his cross. All of the enemy's weapons have been stripped away from him. And now the church has authority in Christ to enforce this triumph upon the dethroned rulers of this world. Now they enforce his triumph to all the thrones and all the authorities, and they, the church, puts them all to public shame. <laughs> Bailey liked that. She said, ha, ha, ha. It's powerful, isn't it? Wow, don't we want to really settle deeply into and look into, oh, Jesus, all you've done. Whew. You've loved us so powerfully. You have triumphed mightily. So I just speak to any spirit that uh, is trying to convince your church that they are under, under the um, principalities and power. And so right now, I just say come out from under that. 
And right now, we just release the effectiveness of the cross and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus in our lives. And we say, wow, there is no one I would rather submit my life to. Just say that there is no one I would rather submit my life to than you. I will practice submission and obedience. Yeah, I desire you to be the greatest influence in my life. So Jesus, I know you're taking us on a journey. And so I thank you that you're coming after those open doors to close the doors and where there's entrance. I thank you there are new places of freedom that are coming. I thank you that you are preparing us to be deliverers and to administer freedom of the cross to people in a powerful and dynamic way. And so I bless what you're doing in people. I say, Holy Spirit, lead them into all truth. We love, just tell you one more time, I love truth. I love truth. We live by truth. So feed us with truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.